When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of the Solar Panel Podcast. My name is Dave King. Thank you for joining. Um, I'm always here, as always. And uh, who I'm joined by, though, is a very exciting special guest today, Michael Scotto from the Hoops Hype Podcast and HoopsHype.com. Michael, how are you doing today? Hey, Dave. Doing well. Pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, I don't know, folks who are listening, folks who are watching this, if you are not following Michael on Twitter, if you're not on hoopsite.com reading his articles or listening to his podcast, you really need to be. This guy is dialed in. He knows what's going on. Uh, First thing, though, before we get into trade talk, because that's what we're going to be focusing on, the uh, NBA trade deadline is February 10th, not that far away. And Michael's burning up the phones. First thing, though, I want to talk about is the all-star starters were just announced yesterday. So we've got five, only the five starters for each conference. In the West, uh, you've got two Golden State Warriors and Andrew Wiggins and Steph Curry. You've got John Morant as a first-time all-star. And you've got, of course, LeBron James in there and Nikola Jokic, uh, last year's MVP. So you've got those guys. Um, what surprised you the most about the West starting five, Michael? Uh, well, a couple of things stuck out to me, Dave. First off, uh, earlier before the season, I spoke with John Moran one-on-one, and, and we did a, a Q&A on Hoopsype, and he told me he thought he's a top-five guard in the NBA, and that was before the season. And I think when people first heard that, it raised some eyebrows initially, um, but he certainly played like it. And I'm, I'm happy to see not only that he was named an all-star, but a starter. He's, he's been fantastic for that team. Um, you know, I think Andrew Wiggins getting a start might have surprised some people. I mean, given where Golden State is in the standings, I could see certainly why they have more than one guy. I just think um, some might have wondered maybe if like Devin Booker or Chris Paul, you know, like if another one would have came on there, possibly given where Phoenix is uh, in the standings right now. And then um, I think mm, – I think maybe one other thing. I'm trying to remember what caught my eye about the West. Run through the five again for me. Yeah, you got LeBron and Nikola Jokic, Mm -hmm. and then you've got Steph and Andrew Wiggins and uh, John Morant. So as far as guys, yeah, Chris Paul and and Devin Booker were basically fourth and fifth in the voting behind Luka Doncic. Uh, Luka Doncic was nestled right in there third overall between media fans and player voting just ahead of Booker and uh, Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, for Luca, I know it's interesting. Luca's kind of been battling some injuries throughout the year. I think it's it's lagged. I mean, he's not like a, a hyper athlete, but it certainly hurt his athleticism. And, um, you know, we did a poll on Hoops Hype with execs on the, the top guy that they would build around under 25, and Luca came in number one, but he wasn't unanimous this year, which I thought was interesting. Um, one vote actually went to LaMelo Ball. That did surprise me from a general manager. But 
Um, I'm not the guy who makes the basketball decisions. They do. Um, I'm just, I'm just the messenger. But uh, as far as, uh, you know, other than that, like in the West, I, I just think that like it seems right now, when you look at that conference, it's really the Warriors and the Suns right now. And uh, it's been interesting to see. I think a lot of people thought very, very early after like the first three games or so, oh, like could Phoenix have like a little bit of a lull? Nope. Chris Paul has been everything for them. and He's and- the opposite of lull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, but, you know, people wonder if they would have a little bit of a hangover and if they could get back to that level again. And uh, they've shown no signs of slowing down. They've dealt with uh, some injuries to their to their backups and uh, Frank Kaminsky and whatnot. And Jalen Smith has come on and, and played well. I'm sure we'll talk about him later on uh, mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the biggest issues the Suns have been dealing with is more DeAndre Ayton being out almost mm-hmm. half the game so far. Uh, for various four different things that have happened to him this year, the latest being an ankle thing that's day-to-day. They're all just little day-to-day things. Uh, Jay Crowder's missed a little bit of time, but uh, Devin Booker even missed seven games in early December at the only point at which the Suns had a had a tough month, quote-unquote tough month, where they had a few losses. Um, so, But they've, they've weathered the storm pretty well. They've also gotten lucky because the rest of the NBA is just as hurt, if not more. And COVID, uh, the hardship. And, yeah, right, with the COVID and all the hardship de- signings and all that. So it's been a wild, crazy season. I know Monty Williams of uh, the Suns has said he's never seen anything like it in his 20 years around the NBA. And, and, you know, as a player before that, so it was more like 30 years for him. Never seen anything like it. Um, so hopefully everybody will get back uh, that isn't already out for the year, which is most people are not. Hopefully they'll be back for the playoffs and we'll have a nice, clean playoffs. That's that's what we're hoping for. Um, Michael, so you this week I thought it was really interesting. Michael Beasley mm-hmm. played for the Suns for a year uh, mm-hmm. and in the middle, right right after, <clears throat> right in the in-between, basically we call it, the in-between the dark days of the <laughs> Suns between their playoff appearances and, and contending status. Michael Beasley came to the Suns as a, as a um, you know, former third-round pick, didn't work out with the Minnesota Timberwolves, signed with the Suns on a three-year deal that ultimately um, they agreed to buy out after one year, and uh, he's moved on his way since then. You had a really long talk with Michael this this past week about yeah. him wanting to get back to the NBA. And, and actually, when you think about it, if Mario Chalmers can resign a new contract, if guys who've been out of the league for years can sign a new contract, mm-hmm. why not Michael Beasley? So tell me what you heard from Michael. Well, yeah, Dave, you know, Michael Beasley and I spoke for about an hour and I, it was, I was shocked at uh, his candidness to be quite frank. Um, I, I appreciated talking with him and, you know, I think going into it, um, this is a guy that's had um, his quotes kind of clipped over the years and certain like memes made about him. So I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think like initially there could have been a little bit of trepidation in doing in, in doing the interview, but um you know, and, and just talking with him beforehand, try to be as transparent as possible. And I think it, it really helped him kind of open up. And what I found interesting about Michael was, you know, learning about, for me, uh, the situations when he was with the Knicks. This is after a Phoenix, but like when he was with the Knicks, uh, going back and forth to Baltimore to visit his mom who was dealing with cancer. And we take the three-hour drive or take the train ride down there to see her after every game, after every practice. Um, and for him, that was uh, 
something that I think helped bring out the best basketball in him. If you look at that year, I'm not going to say overall, I think his third year in Minnesota statistically was his best year, but of recent note, like when he was with the Knicks, that was his uh, pretty good year. If you look at like his per 36 mm-hmm. numbers. And um, I thought it was interesting to hear how, after, yeah. Yeah. After, after he played that year to hear how he was hurt by the Knicks when they were in negotiations with him, kind of bypassing him and going with Mario Hazonia um, for kind of the deal that he was looking for. And, you know, Mario Zonia didn't work out for the Knicks and then Beasley goes on to the Lakers. And then when Beasley's with the Lakers, he has that one game where he forgets his shorts. Um, and that was the day uh, a relative, a cousin has passed away. And, you know, he was in a world of many emotions, certainly. And, um, you know, he said like the whole world laughed at him. And because his mom had dealt with cancer, um, a year before telling his family, he didn't want to say anything about his cousin passing the game when he forgot his shorts because he felt like um, he wanted to be strong like his mom. And I think people would have had a different take on it back then, uh, especially now, given uh, I think people are more understanding of certain things now in today's day and age. But, you know, thanks to Kevin Love coming out and just say, basically saying it's OK yeah. to, um, to be going through some things. As an NBA player, you don't have to be perfect. It's okay to be going through emotional things just like everybody else. Yeah, that was that was one thing that certainly caught um, my eye when Kevin spoke. You know, DeMar DeRozan has touched on some things as well, mm-hmm. among yeah. others. And, yeah, for Beasley, I just – I think it would almost change, like, the perception of him. I, you know, I think people always thought a certain way about him. And then when you sit down and really talk to the guy for – Again, it was an hour-long conversation. We talked about a lot of different things. Um, I saw him in a different light, certainly. And I mm-hmm. think that talent, like Dave, talent-wise, Michael Beasley is an NBA player. Michael Beasley is without a doubt an NBA player talent-wise. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be interesting to see now after the buyout market. Actually, after the trade deadline, they're going to hit the buyout market. And teams are going to be looking to sign guys for the end of the season. I think it'll be interesting to see – if Beasley can uh, get a call, certainly during the hardship uh, exception days, it would have been ideal. Um, but he's now eligible to play uh, February 14th. So for Michael, I think it's going to be interesting to see if he comes back and gets a, another shot or not uh, with the team. You see him in the runs. He's certainly got mm-hmm. talent. And if you ask other NBA players, they'll tell you the same thing as well. Yeah. So uh, was it, did you did he talk at all about that hardship period? Like there was a lot of guys who had previously retired from the NBA who signed up, got in the G League pool, got themselves available. He was he was happy to see guys like some of the guys he trained with, like Mario Chalmers, Brandon Knight, mm-hmm. uh, Lance Stevenson. He was uh, he thought was you know the, his favorite story personally. Yeah, right. Um, and he just said that you know it, it just motivated him more to keep working and and whatnot. And so they one of the things I thought was interesting was I asked him. So now you're 33 you know, do you think you have enough gas left in the tank? And Michael Beasley turned to me and he said, well, I think I'm better than I've ever been. He thinks he's worked on his craft more and in terms of his ball handling and whatnot. But one thing I thought was interesting also, he always has been known as a scorer and he wants to show that he can play defense too and that his IQ is better than maybe people think. Um, So I'll be interested to see if he gets that opportunity. I hope for his sake he does. Um, I remember him, uh, I covered the team. Uh, that was one of the years I covered the team and, and, uh, he, 
You know, the way you describe him now and the way I read that article, you guys got to look at, look at it on hoopsite.com. You hear Michael Beasley, you can hear him speaking during those, in those quotes uh, on the article. Yeah. And you can just see that the guy was putting on a front. He was putting on, a, you know, he had his nickname, super cool bees. He had that tattoo across his back. Um, you know, he's putting on the front of being too cool for school kind of thing. And he, he led us down that road. Um, went, you know, his one year with the Suns. I mean, he joked about gremlins in the um, blocking the free throw rim. That's why he's a pretty funny over. guy. I will say that he is funny, but we took it as almost a little too funny, right? Like t- mm-hmm. trying too little to be serious. Uh, uh, but maybe that was just his, you know, his protection mechanism. But anyway, yeah. we can go down a whole psychology today review. I hope for his sake, um, he he comes back and and gets another chance in the league. Um, so let's move on. So the trade deadline, you have been buried. We've been going back and forth this week on getting you on the show. I appreciate you coming on today. You're buried in things. Um, tell us one thing you've heard in the past day or two that um, was fresh and and you're like, wow, if that happens or that might happen, that would be crazy. Uh, I think right now as we're recording, this is towards the end of the week. Usually over the weekend, I feel like teams are going to get a little bit more serious. Just um, – trying to think something towards the end that surprised me i think more so that like the wizards have been linked to to jeremy grant but i i do get the sense like they're going to try to make a move i think sacramento as well um you know i'm kind of curious to see what happens with harrison barnes like this team i I know like they wanted to compete for the playoffs and end uh their playoff skid um Mm -hmm. and, and and not get that record but uh, Luke Walton, you know, they got rid of him. They go to Alan Gentry, hasn't really moved the needle. Um, this roster uh, just hasn't been good enough, quite frankly. And I think that they have pieces that other teams would want as a supplementary piece that could help. Um, I'd be curious, and I touched on this with my colleague Yossi Gosselin on, on the Hoopside podcast, you know, do they make like a desperation swing and try to maybe overpay for a guy like DeMontis Sabonis? I, mm. That's something I think would be interesting to see um, because ultimately like if, if teams want first round picks, clearly Sacramento has been in the lottery for a while. So you get decent value for that. Mm. Uh, I, I just think it's going to be interesting to see. Those are like two of the teams I'm kind of keeping my eye on, uh, especially going in. Yeah, if they kind of blow it up for each other, you know, because uh, the, the the Pacers also are ready to, like you said, move on from the DeMondis bonus potentially, um, although they need a big package for that, or Miles Turner or both, or uh, Justin Holiday and those guys. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see those two teams tear it down, and, and that'd, be, that'd be wild if they tear it down for each other. What about De'Aaron Fox? Is he actually on or off the market? I, you know, I, I always laugh when people are like, oh, well, we're not trading this guy. Like that, like, yeah. if you could have got Ben Simmons, come on. Like, yeah. I don't, don't, like, I, I, there are very few players in the league that are quote unquote untouchable, truthfully. When people say that a lot of times, I think that's more along the lines of it would take a really big hole in return to get a guy. And, like for in De'Aaron Fox's case, the guy is making max money. So if you're Sacramento, how's the team done? You know, with him thus far, it's like so you're not, like 
he's the untouchable one. You just drafted another guard in Davion right. Mitchell. You got Tyrese Halliburton there. You could use some help in the front court. Clearly, you've been linked to Ben Simmons, DeMontis Sabonis. Like, something doesn't add up there. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you, they, could, they could say one thing. That don't mean – it's, yeah, there's uh, been a lot of I'd never trade that guy, and then two weeks later he's gone. Yeah, uh, I'd be curious. Like, if you're going to bring in Ben Simmons, I know that like, the rumor is that they stopped talking about Ben Simmons, but you got to mm-hmm. trade De'Aaron Fox if you're going to do that. You can't have two non-shooters in the in the lineup. Well, right, and I, and ultimately, I don't, I don't, I just don't think like for Philadelphia, De'Aaron Fox was a guy that they ideally wanted to uh bring in. Now, I would say, you know, you you bring up a good point though about like, oh yeah, we're not going to trade a guy, not going to trade a guy, and then get traded. I remember talking about like the Clippers years ago when they were looking at moving Blake Griffin and people were like, Oh no, no, no. They just, you know, they just signed this guy. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, gone. Right. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, just because a guy signs a contract or an extension, I don't think people realize sometimes teams do that just as much to have a guy retained as an asset to flip mm-hmm. down the line, hoping they, they can get better value. Like Rashawn Holmes resigned there. His name's out there. Mm-hmm. They, right. Circumstances change. When the team's not doing as well as they think they would have, things change. Hey, let's take just a quick second to talk about our friends at DraftKings. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team winning their game. Bet just $5, and you win 280 and free bets if your team is victorious. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes, also with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You got to be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or PA. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, so have you so back oh, we're on the Phoenix Suns. This is a Phoenix Suns podcast. No. Phoenix Suns are very close to the vest. James Jones doesn't like anything getting out there at all. Um, yet he's made a lot of transactions over the last couple of years. Have you heard anything on the Phoenix Suns? Just for, for Phoenix, it's just the Jalen Smith teams are looking at um, because he's a guy that has kind of come out. I don't want to say come out of nowhere, but I mean, once Kaminsky went down, he got a chance. Back from um, the depths. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, Jalen Smith has opened some eyes. And I think that, Ironically, the tough thing was Phoenix declining his rookie scale option for uh, coming up here. It, it limits what a team trading for him can do with his value because you can't, per CBA rules, you can't go over, uh, I forget how much percentage. 4.7. Yeah, yeah. What, how, what the percentage that he makes now, you can't go over a certain threshold. So another team in yeah. free agency can bid more and you can't keep them. So it's like, What's the incentive to trade for him also? Now, you know, I, to my understanding, Boston had inquired on him and, um, you know, like maybe for a guy like a Dennis Schroeder, but that also, you know, 
Phoenix has a good locker room right now. You have to see who you're going to bring in and who you don't. If it's not, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, Dave. There's a lot of good mm-hmm. things there. I just think for Phoenix, really, if if anything, on the margins, like you know, I, I mentioned about Jalen Smith. You know, Dario Saric, if they could use him as a salary filler, and and you know, he's guaranteed next year. Could they move him? If they would, they move him if they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the guy's out. And it's going to be tough. I think ultimately quiet deadline for the Suns. But if you're a Suns fan, that's not a bad thing given where you are in the standings. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's just, um, yeah, obviously, people just love thinking about roster moves and changes and getting even better. Um, if 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 you're – I know you don't you – know, I don't know if you want to do this or not. But if you were the Suns GM and Sacramento came and said, you know what, we'll give you Harrison Barnes. And all you got to do is Jalen Smith and – Dario. Um, let's start with that. Jalen Smith and Dario and, you and know, right. somebody else that just barely makes it fit like Abdel Nader, right? They would, they just, would need, they would need to say? give up a pick. They would need to give up a first round pick. Okay. So first round pick earliest could be is 2024. Would, um, as the Suns GM, would you, would you do that? Hmm. I'd consider it certainly. I would. I would have to try to do some background intel on who could get him, because if it's one of my competitors, like, you know, I don't think Golden State's necessarily looking to make a move like that. But if it's a team you feel like that's like if if Utah, for example, is trying to get Harrison Barnes, maybe you kind of think about do doing it just to, to stop them to block a, a potential competitor. But the flip side to that is, I just think Phoenix is balanced really well. And, you know, as long as they're healthy, that's that's the biggest thing. Health in the NBA and and availability, we've seen it. And, you know, you look at the East with the Nets and Kyrie being out half the games because he can't participate mm-hmm. at home. It's, it's made a huge impact. So I think any of these teams that um, has an opportunity where they can look to bolster the team, sure. And, and But, like, everybody, you know, wants to get but not give. Right, <laughs> and, so, and it's not only just in the NBA Twitter world. Like I, I love the meme of the guys at the pawn shop, right? And like the Laker fans will be like, you know, I give you Kemp more a second round pick, best I can do. And it's like, okay, and I, I get a kick out of that stuff personally. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I got one more for you. Well, more than one more. But how about you? You reported today that the Pacers are looking for two second round picks for Justin holiday. Yeah. Phoenix suns a year ago, picked up Tory Craig for cash. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he was on a minimum contract. Of course I would expect he'd probably be available again if the suns could do it, but right. they're, they, uh, they do have that mid-level exception, but not quite enough for him. Okay. Um, let's say the Pacers and the suns could do a deal for two second round picks for a holiday. Um, is that too much for holiday? Do you think is, are they asking too much? Uh, I don't know if I would say that's too much. It depends on where, you know, the second round picks are, but you know, like, I don't know certain teams like, okay. You know, if Terrence Ross, people want to, you know, if Orlando wants a first for Terrence Ross and Houston wants a first for Eric Gordon and Indiana wants a first for Karis Levert at the minimum and a player. And I reported mm-hmm. on that. It's like, well, Justin Holiday's not worth a first 
So you got to give up two seconds. I don't think that's outrageous. The guy's on a 39% three-point shooter. He plays D. He comes off the bench, knows his role. You're not making a crazy salary. Um, and, you know, if you acquire him, you know, you try to get some some rights on him to see if you can re-sign him. I don't, I don't think that's a, a terrible thing at all. Um, those are the guys, I think, on the margins. Well, that I, are that's one of those guys. Yeah. Him, Kenrich Williams. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder wants the first round pick. A high asking price. I've heard the first round pick stuff for him, and I, I think that's respectfully uh, too much. G- do you G- think is- would not give up a first round pick for that? <laughs> okay. Uh, do you think um, is Sam Presti a guy who's just going to hold on to Kenrich Williams then if nobody gives him the first rounder, or is he the kind of guy who would take less? Uh, nothing like is showing him taking less. I'll just hold on to him. And right. Exactly. So Suns fans don't get your hopes up. That's a, I wanted you to say that. Thank you. Don't get your <laughs> hopes up. Um, what about uh, uh, the Blazers? They look like everything's got to be in flux. You got Dame probably out for the year. I mean, it would be a shock if he tries to come back. Um, he's been dealing with that stomach thing, that abd- abdominal thing for a long time. Um, do you think the Blazers are going to blow it up? And if so, um, what kind of what, what do they want for um, Robert Covington? Well, that's what teams are trying to find out. You know, I touched on the other day that uh, well, Utah Mark Stein first reported, but I touched on also how uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, Cleveland Cavaliers, and some other teams have reached out to Portland. I think when it comes to players that they're getting the most calls on, I think you can make the case that Robert Covington is that guy. Because I think teams feel like, you know, traditionally a kind of three and D kind of guy mm-hmm. can play anywhere from three through five at times. Uh, he played the five with Houston uh, when he was there in very small ball lineups, which the league is going to more of now uh, expiring contracts. So if it works, you know, you can keep them and try to resign them. If not, you know. Take care, brush your hair. It's all good. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's not like a, a huge worthwhile gamble. Can they get a first round pick for him? That's going to be interesting to see, in my opinion. Um, but also, like, you know, the biggest dynamic here is like, how does Dame Lillard feel about all of this stuff? Because if if Portland starts to go in and getting draft picks, well, are you then taking that draft pick to flip it? at the draft with maybe the high pick that they're going to have to get a veteran that's going to help Damian Lillard now. Like Damian Lillard is in his prime, but he's not in his like early 20s. He's not in his late right. 20s. He's, he's old. in his late prime. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know, if you're going to, you know, if you want to keep Damian Lillard happy and you want to maximize his prime, you got to go now and quick. And I think they're in a tough position because, you know, it's been what it's been for Portland, like right? right. We, we know what like Dame and CJ are a terrific backcourt. Now you got Anthony Simons coming on, and it's like, well, he's going to get pushed to the to the wayside now. And to see a little when he's gotten a chance to play well, like the youth movement is is there. They've got guys, so you could look at it two ways: one, keep that going and tear it down, and really do a full rebound, or two. Those young guys have shown enough that you can make them quality bench guys, and then you go from there, um, and you try to add another uh, another star. You know, is Nurkic going to be back? That's a question they've got to figure out, and how much uh, he's worth. And then, because they always thought like he could be the third guy, and right. 
he's been inconsistent at times. Um, you know, he still has talent, but they need another front court piece. And I think that's why you see sometimes Ben Simmons get linked there. Um, certainly that, that Portland's been, you know, eyeing him, Jeremy Grant, um, you know, those are the type of guys that would help them win now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I'm very interested to see what the Blazers do by the deadline. I mean, you could, yeah. And cause they, they might as well tank this year yet be competitive again next year. And so how do you, how do you even do that? Do you just basically clear out space? So you're one of the teams with cap space this summer, but then the free agent class isn't that very, isn't very good. And, and Dave, the other thing real quick is like, could they theoretically find the next Evan Mobley that's in a draft class that changes the complexion of a team that is that young and, and still a really high impact player? Maybe. Depends where they fall in the lottery, too. Um, and time will tell on that. Yeah, the Suns, um, uh, the Suns four years ago had the second worst record in the league. And in the lottery, they dropped to sixth. Guess yeah. who went second that year? John ja Morant. Wouldn't he be pretty good next to Booker right now? They drop to six. They trade down and end up with Cam Johnson. Nobody's nobody's crying about that. But but man, John Morant would be great. So if you're the Blazers, do you count on being, you know, in the lottery? Well, you could be the Suns and drop, or you could be the uh, the Grizzlies who jumped. They were eighth yeah. that year, and they jumped up and got John Morant and mm-hmm. sped up their rebuild. So you're really rolling the dice and Suns fans are, are tired of the dice rolls. So we're very happy to be out of the, out of the lottery. Um, and uh, I'm just curious to see if the Blazers try to do that quick bounce. Every team would love to do a quick one year bounce, but when you got, like you said, late prime Dame Lillard, I don't know if they can, I don't know if they can afford that unless they just go all out and just uh, move on from Dame. Um, but that wouldn't be until after the season. Last name I want to throw out to you, two names, actually, I want to throw out to you, Eric Gordon, and Jeremy Grant. So Eric Gordon, um, they want a first round pick for him. Um, do you think they're going to get it? You would need it. I mean, I don't know. Can you get the Lakers to be in, in their desperate state of trying to win now? Can you get them maybe to do it? Maybe. Can you get Sacramento, who's in a desperate state to win now. Like I I don't know. I think it's I think it's gonna be tough. I honestly like at first I wondered if that was too high of an asking price, but if you look at Gordon's statistics, shooting the ball from the field in three point oh, range. Very good, yeah. Uh, it's the best of his career. He's you know, it's at thirty three, I wanna say. And yeah. um again, if guys like Terrence Ross, you know, and, and Karis Levert are gonna command the first round pick on the market. I don't think it's an outrageous ask. I just want to know who's going to be that team. Like ultimately, you know, Dave, I, I had touched on this too on, on hoop site, but like the Cleveland Cavaliers are a team I look at to get like a shooting guard. And and they've been in the mix for all those guys. Harris Levert, Eric Gordon, Terrence Roth. You know, they like Joe Harris, but Joe Harris isn't getting moved unless they get a star in a, in a trade package uh, from Brooklyn. So at that point, who's, you know, the, the ranking of maybe Levert ahead of Gordon, ahead of Terrence Ross, then it's like, okay, does somebody come in Indiana with a better offer uh, than maybe what Cleveland can and gets Levert? Then that shifts them maybe towards Gordon. 
uh, that those are the dominoes that are to be determined and teams are going to be in the next, um, you know, week, two weeks trying to figure out, okay, here's what we have on the board and comparing and contrasting. It always takes one team to make the first move and then the dominoes sure. fall. And I, and, and, you know, everybody was, oh yeah, it's, it's quiet. It's quiet. Mm. Usually when it's quiet, that's the calm before the storm. So yeah, right. I won't be fooled. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'd be fascinated to see. I'd be disappointed as a fan to see Gordon State, or excuse me, Gordon go to the Lakers because I think the Lakers are just washed. I don't think they have a chance. Even with Gordon, I just don't. But I would love to see Gordon on the Cavaliers. That would be great. Yeah, Dave, um, and I can't understand. You know, I saw, you know, I, I – uh, Kelly, you know, Kelly go on the athletic talked about how they might like keep him and not move him. And I'm like, well, that's not the answer to me either, because no. it's like that he doesn't fit their rebuild. His value is never going to be higher than what it is right now. It is not. You can't tell like if this guy, even if he does the same thing he's doing now for another half the season, it is what it is. He could get hurt again. Right. Mm-hmm. I would, yeah, I would I don't keep as high him. as I could now. I really would. If, if they can get something for him, I would. Yeah. Well, plus, actually, his uh, next year contract is only guaranteed if his team wins the championship. Um, so he actually could be a free agent this summer and Houston can get nothing for him. So they kind of have to. They ha- if Eric Gordon's still in Houston past the deadline, I'd be a little surprised and perplexed. Yeah, right. Last guy, Jeremy Grant. Sure. What's going to happen there? I mean, I think it's going to come down to which team is desperate enough to to try to get him. I, you know, I know Portland's been in the mix for him. I don't know if that's the answer. You know, Atlanta. If if something happens there with John Collins, that would be really interesting, and I think that'd be a steal for Detroit. Um, I don't. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Grant. I just, you know, Washington's been in the mix for him certainly, and I think Washington has. Um you know, a need to add a a key piece, you know, they got to keep Brad Beal happy. Um, If I'm also have pieces that can be traded back to, they have fungible tradable pieces that they got from the Lakers last year, for example. Yeah. If I'm I'm Detroit, my mindset would be, again, this is GM Scotto. I signed this guy as a free agent. If I can get the equivalent of two first round picks or a young guy and a, and a first round pick, and I'm in a rebuild, and he's 28, I want to say. Yeah, 20, 29, 28, yep. Yeah, what am I doing here? I'd right. do it. Just I'd do move it. him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You got Cade Cunningham. That's the future. You got to see what other high draft right. pick you're going to have in the lottery this year that you're building around. I, that's the direction I would go, and I think a lot of people around the league feel uh, the same way. All right, man. Thank you so much for your time today, Michael. I appreciate you. I know you're really busy around this time. Um, if you want to come on again, just just uh, let me know. DM me, and we'll get back <laughs> get you back on. But you got other things to do too. Thanks, uh, tell been, us where we can find you for sure. <laughs> What'd you say? I've been peeking at the phone for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, tell us uh, where we can find you uh, in case they didn't pick up on it. The rest of the show. Sure thing. Uh, obviously, all my stuff's on hoopshype.com. Uh, Twitter at Mike A. Scotto, M I K E A S C O T T O. All right, man. Thank you so much. I'm Dave King, NBA. 
on Twitter. And you can find my work at brightsideofthesun.com as well as this solar panel podcast. Thanks so much, Michael. I appreciate you. You got it, Dave. Hey, this is Dave. Before you go, I just need one more minute of your time. Being at a basketball game is such a rush. Screaming at the top of your lungs, high-fiving the person next to you, enjoying that last shot by the Suns. There's no better feeling than that instant camaraderie you get with thousands of other Suns fans at a stadium. We at brightsideofthesun.com and the Solar Panel Podcast are proud to give that game time experience to new fans every year. We call it Brightside Night. We donate game tickets to targeted groups around the Valley who've never had a live game experience. Over the past five years, that's been underprivileged kids. We've sent over 10,000. This year, we're focusing on healthcare heroes and first responders who've put their lives on the line to save others. Now, we want to give back to them. Let's thank them with tickets to the February 16th Suns Rockets game. All it costs you is 11 bucks. What you get out of it is not only the satisfaction of helps, helping somebody, but also of getting something for yourself. You're either in a raffle at the very least, or you get gifts, you get goods, you get tickets, whatever it is. You make a donation, you also get something out of it. Go to sons.com slash brightside. That's sons.com slash brightside. Brightside's one word. Make your donation now. It only takes a couple of minutes and you're not even going to miss the money. That's one of the proudest accomplishments of my life to do this. And I hope it's going to be one of yours too. That's contributing to Brightside Night is a huge deal. That's sons.com slash brightside.